Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. The performance rankings, you had to be there. I've suddenly realised I should write a book, but I'm too lazy. Trying to whittle this thing down into five is just impossible. Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. OTB GAA. The Football Pod on Off the Ball in partnership with AIB. Proud sponsors of the Football Hurling and Camogie All-Ireland Club Championships. Hashtag the toughest. Hello there and you're very welcome along to another episode of the Football Pod. It's a Monday evening, it's December, it's gotten cold all of a sudden, lads, it's been freezing the last couple of days. James, Paddy, how are you both doing? Very good, Tom. Fabulous. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Just warmed up. I was in Crow Park earlier. Uh, Paddy, we, we didn't get a chance to chat at the, the launch of Diego's Championship coverage. It was a brilliant launch. Said I'd leave yeah, it to later. It was a brilliant launch, obviously. Uh, great product, as we as we all know. Uh, which are lucky even exclusive here now, for an hour. Yeah, but, uh, exactly. It was a long morning, or fuck, it was a couple of hours in there uh, this morning. So, uh, yeah, good catch up with the lads. We were just talking about the merits of a good headshot earlier, and if anyone's looking at Paddy's Instagram, they'll see that sultry look when he's staring Ooh, down the camera. Yeah. James, he's good at it, isn't he? Great content. It was. It was a nice photo, not to be fair. <laughs> Fierce. And you the need something to work with. A serious amount of the coin. They just trimmed that down, like, I was like, buddy, Photoshop the shit out of that. Like, <laughs> There's a few filters on oh, it. Oh, like. big time. So that's what you're paying them for. That's the gig. Professional photographer. But no, we were. Tommy, uh, nice to be in. Uh, nice to be in Crow Park, Tom. It, it is nice. You could have been there with the club if um, oh. if things went a bit better. That's but. A oh mistakes, aren't they? Isn't that right, Toby? <laughs> <laughs> I've never, I've never said that. Never once said that. It and, was, uh, uh, it was looking well, though, wasn't it? It, it was absolutely fucking. It's always looking well. Baltic in there tonight. Up, so we're able to pitch pitch side for for an hour or two. Um, but there's no more games there for the rest of the year. The club finals on Saturday. The Leinster football and hurling finals were the last games, I think. Were they? Croker until... There's surely no the concert or something on, is there? Or till, sorry, y'all are the club semi-finals been there the second week of January. No, there's, I don't think there's anything between now and the club semi-finals in January. Tommy, you're looking at me there. Girls allowed, there. no? Girls allowed? No. Nah, next one. Next one. Coldplay. It's one. always... It is a frighteningly cold stadium. Yeah. Yeah, at the best of times. You, Whatever you it is there about June the whole July, and you could freeze your whole off. Never mind. Second week, even, first week of December. Like. Even in the middle of summer, yeah. No, I, I, I just was looking up pictures. I can't find them. I, I have a feeling there could be other pictures on before Christmas. The women's and camogie finals not on before Christmas. I think they could be. I know, I know, Nafina of Mead. There was that big story last week. They had to play their camogie semi final and their women's football semi finals the same weekend, a Saturday and a Sunday. Have you ever had to play two games in two days? Sigurds. No. Sigurds. Sigurds. What'd you make of that? Sigurds. Jeez, it was mad because you were only, what, 22, 21, 22, and you were still wrecked. <laughs> so they, they've cancelled it, haven't they? That doesn't happen anymore in Sigurds. used to be no. the, the weekend yeah. to play. The weekend, like, Friday yeah. and Saturday, and then you go on the piss for about four days after as well. So, jeez, it was a tough week. But... Uh, no, that was the only time. It has happened in club championship before, though. On the men's side as well, hasn't it? Oh, it, oh, it has. County championships are dragged out and they have to play the, the first yeah. round of the provincial championship the following day or something. It's definitely come across a couple of times before. Cara Finn uh, played Ballina. Cara Finn were All-Ireland champions back in 1998 and they drew Ballina after winning Galway in the first round of Connacht. And 
the Galway Championship had been delayed significantly because the of Carvin's run. No, it was because Galway won the All-Ireland in the 98, was it? Yeah, you're right. That's exactly it. You're 100% Carfin right. Carvin bet Eric Doyle in the final. In the final. Charlie so, Redmond. Yep. The, the following uh, club campaign, they win Galway again and they yeah. meet Ballina. So there was a provision put in place that if there's a draw in the first game on the Saturday, Carvin would stay the night in Ballina and they'd play the replay on the Sunday. So there was, there was war about this afterwards. Why not just go... They had uh, to do it. John do they Clancy? go extra time and then replay? Or do they just this go straight to a replay? schedules, isn't it? Like, it they went... Uh, 25 years. I, I, they have, should have gone sudden death extra time. That would penos. have been the bee's knees. Penalties. No, there was, there was no penalties. But imagine sudden death extra time, next score wins. Anyways. That would be. And I guarantee, I guarantee you on next score wins and extra time, the next attack could win. I think you're right. Someone do it like. Because when teams actually have to score, they score. It's when they flute around with it. You've obeyed your bonnet, Jimmy, ahead of the Ulster Club final this weekend. Look at it. <laughs> <laughs> like, you were kind of I am going to watch. Happy. I'm going to watch the last five minutes of that game. And it is going to be worth it. Tune in. 58 minutes. <laughs> uh, It'll be, there'll be a point in it. There will be. Yeah. Either way, on 58 minutes. That's my prediction. Before we get into that, though, that was some launch today, I thought, wasn't it? Paddy, it was. There's a there's a full podcast out on Off the Ball right now in the OTB GA feed for anyone who wants to listen to me talking to Michael Murphy, Mark O'Shea, mm. Owen Cadigan, Bubbles O'Dwyer, Richie Hogan, Aaron Kernan, all the key pundits for yeah. Diego. I saved you for the season. Well, sure, look, there's no point double job in there, is there? No, uh, not exactly. No. So and do you have to you have to pretend to know about hurling as well now at the new No, yeah. I wash my hands at a hurling like no, definitely not. But, Tommy does though. Oh, Tommy, Tommy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Liberal Liber no, out there. Liberal could go for that again this year. They will. Gio <laughs> was looking at me with two fucking heads like. Yeah, I'm, I'm te- <laughs> I was I was gonna I was tempted to start playing a bit of hurling in Cratlow. I think I might wait for another year or two until I'm definitely fully dropped by Colin Collins. Yeah. Then I might pick up the junior C. I think I might try and give myself another chance to play again next year. Yeah, a couple exactly. more black cards, Tom? A few more, yeah. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be no harm, yeah. You, you interrupted me when I was in the middle of telling you that historical story about Balna and Carfin back in 98. The game uh, ended a draw the first day. Balna. Balna win by two. <laughs> Two afterwards. <laughs> Anyways, that was it. Nafina won their camogie at the weekend. They lost the football on Sunday. So, uh, oh, was that the was that the going. turnover? The turnover goal? No, that wasn't. No, that that wasn't. That wasn't the the junior. I believe that was remarkable, oh, yeah. wasn't it? Oh, so tough. They just kept they kept going backwards and backwards and backwards, and eventually there was nowhere left to go. Went back went back to the keeper. She was turned over back in the net. Surely you've been a part of teams that have done things like that in the middle of matches not not getting caught for it but have gone backwards and backwards and backwards and yeah. look like they're going to get caught right my philosophy on that is if you're going to hold the ball you hold it as high up the field as you can and then if you have to go back you can go back you gotta you gotta go forward because that's where your better players are anyway probably from the middle up once you start going back to full back line in the goalkeeper positions even the crowd gets jittery but you know isn't there a thing like if you're really under pressure, just launch it out of play into the stand. Kill McCud did that. Do you yeah. remember the Kill McCud goalie? No, he yeah. did launch it. He launched he put it straight into the worst place. He <laughs> into he the middle of the field, into the middle of the pitch. If he just boots yeah. that into the stand, it just it's a set play. You have time to get everyone set. But if you, because yeah. everyone's out of position, you launch it yeah. into the middle of the pitch. It's literally the worst place you can turn it over. But though no, I agree, holding the ball we though is so it's so dangerous. Hold the ball a lot. You need to be very, very comfortable at doing it. But we even 
we would have done it a lot and we'd always hit that in your own half. Try and get it out of there as far up the pitch mm. as you can. Because, um, yeah, it's just, you're even watching it. Even as a neutral, you're looking going, oh, this could go horribly wrong. Like so. Anyway. Because when you're going back, you're being chased by yeah. the other team. So eventually when it does go, go back to the goalie, they're looking out at about eight opposition players just running straight at her in that situation and she was always going to be but all the opponents she'd be as well are getting desperate aren't they like they're lunging in for tackles and and all it needs is just one of them to go right and they'll turn you over like Like you might be able to Mm. sidestep one of them but they have 15 people pressed up on you as well someone's going to get contact on you and it's and the referee is giving you absolutely nothing the ref is against you there he doesn't he just puts the the whistle in the pocket he's waiting for some goals do what you like the the, the value like but Paddy I'm sure it was the same for you boys. You probably had three or four key players there. I, I'm sure there's a lot of you that could do it, but you probably had three or four key players who you really wanted on the ball. Yeah, same as any team. Same as any team. There's guys who are more comfortable on the ball, even yes. at senior inter-county level that you want. And there's guys that are not as comfortable on the ball. It, yeah. It's from under 14 teams, the whole way up to senior inter-county teams. There's guys who are more comfortable uh, solo with the ball and keeping it uh, we were no different as well you know it looks like Scully or Kilkenny and these guys who were key to being on it and then the other lads if they get it and you're like oh this could go wrong and it's yeah. we were lucky it, it, I don't think we ever had it is, we definitely thought we were keeping the ball we'd won against Donegal in 2016 the quarter final Keno Sullivan skews a, a kick pass yes uh, did a goal come from that yeah uh, Mark, uh, Roy McHugh scores a goal we, we won the game anyway thank God but that brought Donegal right back in but we were keeping the ball and Keno just <laughs> he's just sli- he's trying to kick pass and just sliced it off the outside of again like the Kilmacoon right to the middle of the pitch to Roy McHugh I can picture it and yeah. every one of us he was like on his own 45 and we were like oh fuck he's trying to do and sure enough they go up the pitch of all the teams to do it against uh, and yeah. they got a goal and I, that's the one of the only ones I can think where we kind of got caught doing it. Uh, I think we're generally all right. But, it was um, Balnamore, Sean O'Heslins, who won at the weekend. They were two points down against Steelstown of Derry in that uh, women's intermediate uh, All-Ireland semi-final. And uh, yeah, I suppose that the pressure from the forwards was huge, but Steelstown just kept going back and back and back and just got caught and just nightmare stuff. Those finals, Paddy, Aaron Croker. Uh, that's why what I was glaring at you earlier. Go Sorry for the, the dirty week. looks I was giving you. No, they're the 16th, 17th, 99% sure. So um, this weekend, we're obviously down to the last six yes. in the senior All-Ireland Club Football Championships. We witnessed two pretty good games, I would say, in their own rights. Um, we had Nace putting it up to Chemical Croaks in the first half. Chemical Croaks pulling away in the second half. That, that wasn't a great second half. I thought that was a really, really good quality first half as well for Agreed. both teams. Second half, it was it was just very cagey, wasn't it? I thought Nice were probably the better team in the second half of that. Just couldn't get it, couldn't score. That was they the, had their chances, didn't they? They had chances. They'd be kicking themselves. It's it was a classic Crocs performance again, wasn't it? Just like they end up winning by That's seven, enough. and it's like you're thinking they're not really doing anything here, struggling for scores in the second half. Yes. I never really thought they were going to lose it. They were never in trouble, trouble. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And it's like, that needs to be fair credit to them. Second half, they they worked hard. Jesus Christ, the intensity. They pushed up all over the pitch. And they, like I said, they had opportunities to win. But it's third time in a row, they've come, come short against Croaks. Yeah. Lovely, and that was a great finish. Shea Walsh's goal. 
Beautiful. It was a beautiful, beautiful goal. He was back to his best there, uh, which was massive for Croaks. Uh, but a really good first half, second half, I just thought it was, I thought quality-wise, the t- both teams were working really hard, but I thought quality-wise, second half, it definitely dropped off a bit. I thought Alex Byrne was just exceptional in that first half for Nace, the wing forward, number 10, kick four points. Kevin Feely in commentary. He was brilliant in the first half. Um, Did they shut him down in the second half? Because Kevin Feely described him as unmarkable in that first half. (laughs) No, I I still think he got on the ball in the second half. He just wasn't clinical enough. It was kind of mirrored Nace. It was Nace's day in a nutshell. You know, mm. we agree. I thought, he was, I thought he was probably the best player on the pitch in the first half. Andy Begown was marketed. He was causing Andy Begown all sorts of trouble. I thought it was a great battle with Derek Kerwin and Theo Clancy. Agreed. Yeah, that was the one. I think Dublin are going to be looking at this young flat. Uh, he was with the 20s. He's he's still only a young guy. And there's definitely times Kerwin probably got the better of him. But just the way he plays, he's a really abrasive fullback. He's strong. He's athletic. He's tight. Like I say, he probably... He's learned a bit of patience, I suppose, a bit of finesse with his tackling, but he's he's only a kid, you know, he's going to develop that. But there are, you know, from the same club, shades, like a, a young Rory O'Carroll there, who was mm. really all in, or just a handful to mark, and he had a really good battle with, with Derek Kerwin. Um, There's something in Kerwin as well. I think he's a, he's, he's a serious player. He's, but he's like, an erratic he, he, shooter. I, yeah, no, I, I disagree. I, I, I don't think he's erratic well. in terms of. I don't think he's, he's erratic in terms of shot selection. I agree, but not in terms of shot selection. Every shot he takes is yeah, on. But, but, but his his striking can be off at times. Yeah. He tops it and he drops a short, or he, he might top it and drag it wide. Stages this year, Jimmy. He he gets great positions. He's strong. He's he does. Fast, he's direct. Like the, he could go. There could be days where he scores eight or nine points. Yeah, and there could that's be days where he scores two. How do you fix yeah. that, James? Practice, man. I'm sure he is. But. I mean, he's obviously a natural kicker. It's probably a bit of composure that you just snap at them every so often because the way he misses them is always the same, I think. He just top spins yeah. the ball a little bit and he doesn't catch it because he's a lovely sweet kick when he when he hooks it nicely. But I think he's a nice shade of greedy. He's on the right side of greedy. <laughs> where Spoken like a true corner he, forward to me. Yeah, I, he's yeah, not I looking agree. to pass the buck. He, he, do, he doesn't want to dish it to a fella to, to tap it over. He knows that he's the best kicker and he can take it on. And he did miss, you're right, Paddy, he misses chances. He missed a lot with Kildare as well. He but he, um, and he all did. the Kildare forwards have that have that in them. They can hit, if they hit the first one or two, they all go over. If they miss one yeah. or two, they Similar might put a few He's a... But he's a lot of he's a lot of very good attributes, Kerwin. Yeah. But I, I've seen about a good. He's time, natural. You know, Underage with Kildare, and then obviously with the senior team as well. And it's if he was just, I suppose you could say, he's ready forward. If it was just a bit more clinical, he could be yeah. right up. To, I think he could be Kildare's main man. He could be one of the top forwards in the country. And I think Saturday, what age is he? Young, is twenty-three. He, yeah, and that's he's 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 twenty-three. Well. We've seen a lot of him. So you know, he's in a really good club team. Is uh, it? He's, he's going to be a key player for Tildare as well. Uh, Why was he wearing twenty? Was he, he was carrying know. a knock on him? Was he? No, I think he's been wearing twenty most of the club championships. So maybe he maybe he didn't start a game, or maybe they brought him in late. Um, but but late, again, like, it was similar though. Again, could be at least they had opportunities and they. Uh, I thought out of the three, they played Croke three times. And I've lost all three. I thought Saturday was the closest and the best opportunity for it to win the game. Uh, they'd be disappointed not to get over the line but uh, yeah like, there's so I, many men to mark against yeah. Mikod, though. like if you keep one quiet there's three it's causing damage if you keep two quiet two yeah. Co- yeah but even up front there's scores from everywhere yeah 
hard. And when they want to turn it on, I think they can. David Offley, yeah, he had a good game. Walsh was obviously very good. Mannion was good, but not probably the way you'd associate with Mannion in terms of shooting the lights out. But you could see then in an all-earned semi-final, it could be Mannion who scores five or six points. Like it was Mannion the week before in the semi-final. Uh, this week it was Shane Walsh. And that's, like we said it a couple of weeks ago, we're talking about winning the all-Ireland. <sighs> what teams are going to have? Like, there's there's no team that has two lads like Mandy the Walsh. You know, okay, Jack McCarroll, Conor McCarthy, Scottstown, um, Carl Finn, who were surprisingly, they were well beaten. Ben O'Carroll was exceptional for Bridget's in their win. But, you know, if Crokes get hot, if those two boys get hot together, there's no club team that's going to stop them. You know, so even do you know when when one of them goes quiet, it's nearly a good thing for them because the opposition forgets about them in a way. Like because whoever's <laughs> on fire is going to get all the attention for yeah. a span of it, and then if they can just maintain it for a while, then the other fella comes into it, then switch it back. Like they're never both on it on it together. Yeah, I haven't seen they don't them have really to be. both of them at the same time yeah. since Shane Watson been at the club, but. Uh, the one thing they do do, and you can see this with all the teams that have been successful, Bridget's were the same the other day, Glenn and Scottstown in the north as well, they work exceptionally hard. You know, and it's forwards, tackling, tracking back, shutting down runners. It is it's no secret to success. Best mm. teams have it on the top croaks, even though, like I say, Mandy might have been at his best, or Shane Walsh even, he's probably maybe not as known for it. There was times in that first half, he's back at blocks, turning guys over. So it gives you a hell of a chance if you're, if you're forward line are doing that as well. But but for croaks, like I say, it wasn't there by any means their best performance, but they end up winning the game by six or seven points, you know. So for sure. Typically. And for Nate's, like, it, it probably doesn't reflect how close they got this time. Like, oh. they've, they've been further away the previous two times. Um, Interesting to hear you mention that about Theo Clancy because he, he's impressed me whenever I've seen him as well, Paddy. But Kerwin and Byrne, for me, lads, they kind of represent the potential that always seems to exist in Kildare. Yeah. And like, just see how good they are. And there's plenty of footballers like that in Nason. We've seen plenty of them over the years. Like, if Kildare can click, and it's like, it's one of these teams that on paper, they always look like they have the raw materials to make something years. happen. A little bit like, yeah. Yeah, actually, Michael Murphy told me today. Yeah, <laughs> he put it today that, that they were sixth, fifth or sixth in Ulster going into this year's Ulster. It's hard to disagree with that, like, but I said to Michael, on paper, you wouldn't back against them. Thanks, Toronto. Jim, just we were chatting there. Yeah, Donegal, Tyrone, Derry, the same side. Just we were chatting there, Um, we were just in terms of how Nace lost that game. How would you rather lose a match? Would you rather lose a match? <laughs> wow. <laughs> would you rather no. lose a match? Like absolutely like trying your very best and just falling short or would you rather just have a complete off day and you know it's just you write it off afterwards like so like Nace obviously were in the mix they got, did far better than they've done previously against Croaks or you've got Cara Finn who were utterly flat and devoid of any energy uh, that they've illustrated over the last couple of weeks and will probably look back on that as being a I suppose uh, a real regret of theirs you know mm. Uh, in terms of how you prefer to lose personally like, oh, how would you like to lose would yeah. you rather be buried alive burned alive uh, <laughs> I would say answer the question definitely without a doubt you'd rather play your best and be beaten by a better team no regrets no lying in bed going why didn't I or what was mm. wrong or why were the legs heavy that's a way worse place to be mentally I think yeah. you'd rather go out and you prefer, everyone like you play well Every, yeah, you yeah, perform yeah. as a team, just you're just, it, wasn't good enough, yeah. it just wasn't your time. 
yeah. finding that's easier to, to live with. They're both horrible. Because that 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 is actually admitting you're not good enough, which is probably horrible <laughs> as well. But at least at least you can close your eyes that night. At least you tried. Yeah. Not that <laughs> not that <laughs> <laughs> that the Cara Finn didn't try but it, it just didn't it just didn't happen for Cara Finn lads at the weekend and like sometimes that can happen to a team where you're looking out and it just it just looks flat and they just need something to kick into gear to spark them to life and I it, thought Bridges it, were exceptional though mm. like it reminds, I'll, I'll hold my hands up here I thought I expect the Cara Finn to win that game First club prediction I've got wrong so far this year, and I've got it well wrong because Bridget's got full I, value for it. I won't go check. We've it. only done three. I won't go checking the stats. And the other two were bang on. Crooks. Typical crooks. Yeah, I fucking was. Um, do you know what the Bridget's performance said? I was saying to you today, Tommy. It reminded me of the Rossies kind of ambushing Mayo in the Connacht Championship, where they did a brilliant game plan executed to an absolute T. And yeah, Cara Finn weren't great, but the amount of times Bridget's just were in their face. They outworked them, outsmarted them, turned them over. You could see Cara Finn getting frustrated, struggling to get scores at all. Gary Sice has a bit of an off day. Michael Lundy's yellow card in the first half where he kind of lashes out. That was just a team who were so frustrated at how things were going. But on the other side, you know I'm a massive fan of Ben O'Carroll. Um, I know. I thought he was exceptional for the Rossies this year as a target man. Probably the smallest target man in, in GAA, but he's so effective, so sharp. And uh, Bridget's played to his strengths. But we said for him to go to the next level, it is about being really clinical then. And I thought uh, on Sunday he was. He had the chances and he nailed he was. He was lucky with his first shot. Obviously, it dropped oh, about 20 yards short and yeah. bounced over the bar. And then his second shot dropped 20 yards short and didn't bounce over the bar. And then he gets a free in front of the post. Yeah. And then he gets a penalty. But and suddenly, he's the only scorer in the game at 1-2. That is a brilliant way to start a game of football. But, but isn't it like birdie power for the first point? The ball bouncing over the bar is not great, though. No. But, um, but for Cara Finn, Jimmy, you've, we've probably all played games like this. We're favourites going in. You get off to a slow start, and before you know it, your opponents, they're in your face. They're all over you, and you turn the ball over again, and it just gives them a lift. And you start getting more frustrated, and then you start losing a bit of discipline. And they gave away, I thought maybe some of the frees were maybe a little bit soft, but they were given. And it's another handy score for Bridget's to push the lead out again and again. And then, before Carrefin know it, they're four or five points down, and they're frustrated all over the pitch. And Bridget's are like, they're on a roll. Like Brian Stack, exceptional. Eddie Long, oh, so good. Like the core of the Bridget's team, they just got more and more energy with every play. And, and that can happen mm. to you in a game where it just snowballs. The momentum, and it's so hard to get it back. And you just seen, kind of 20 minutes in there, you could see, did Carter Finner under pressure here? You know, this game is starting to get away from them. They get the goal before half time, Silk's goal, and you think, okay, that's the lifeline. They're still four points down at half time. Do you think, they're going to come out hot in the second half. And they do. They have, they're have they on top for the first 10 minutes of the second half, but they just don't convert chances. Crucially, exactly. Crucially, they kick three wides. They have a goal yeah. chance saved. They, they're two goals. They're two chances. They're two scores, excuse me. A goal in injury time. They're 1-7 to two points down. They get a goal. Yeah. They get the next Brilliant score in the second half. Silk, gets the turnover. Gets up <sighs> the pitch and then gets the goal. Over. What a footballer, that's. Yeah. But it, isn't that like the type of thing you go, okay, they're back in it now. Good chat at halftime and come out and blitz at the start of the second half. And to, to a 
extent they did, but they just didn't finish. But the second, the second that second goal goes in from Dylan McHugh, and it was, that was a real leader's goal. That yeah, one it was a great goal. Second that goes in, Bridget's come to life, and that man Ben O'Carroll scores two points. And then after that, Brian Stack breaks up the field and kicks a point, and they get another point from a turnover from a kick out. And suddenly, that kind of power and that enthusiasm, and that it, pace, the race was rolling at that point. They were, they were just so much better. But like, yeah, it was just one of those one of those games. And I'd seen Carfin over the last couple of weeks, and looking at their bench the other day, I was like, look at the depth here. Kieran Malloy on the Come bench. Five, five-time All-Star, Dahi Burke on the bench, multiple All-Ireland oh my God, I can't speak, All-Ireland winners in Ronan Steed and um, a couple of other key footballers that are serious options to bring off the bench, the Farrers as well. Tony Gill, who scored the goal in the county final. Um, They've no complaints, tell me from that at the weekend. They were bridges. They couldn't. They couldn't have complaints. full value for that fix. It was a brilliant, can, brilliant team performance. Can we t- so, Ben O'Carroll is man of the match and he, he gets... He scores 1-7, a point shy of Shane Walsh's total at the weekend. He couldn't deny him it. But for me, lads, watching on, the fellow who epitomised the Bridges' performance and is the leader there is the Roscommon captain, Brian Stack. He's full back. He was in the corner of the hide three weeks ago after getting what looked like a very bad knee injury. He had a hyperextension of the knee. He made it back for the semi-final, came on the last couple of minutes when they were under pressure against Mohill. He started at the weekend. Nobody has got the better of Brian Stack all this year. I think his direct opponents have scored a point from playing them at most, maybe two, for Roscommon and Bridget's all year long. There's just... Yeah. For Roscommon as well? And Bridget's. All-star nominee. He's absolutely off the charts all this year. Yeah. That is ridiculous. Reckless stat. Yeah. uh, Well, look, that's, that's... I haven't fully verified that stat, but it is something like that. It is something like it's that. It is, it's very, very close to that, if it's not true. He was, he was brilliant the other day, though. But that, that, that spine yeah. of Bridget's team, and like he was, he, he was exceptional. And O'Carroll up front as well was was very clinical. That's That was the key to our victory. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In terms of those kind of man markers, and like Brian Stacks kicks that point in the second half, and I would have a... a kind of conversations with a couple of people in Roscommon yesterday they feel like Brian Stack could offer so much more value a little further forward but he's just so valuable back as a full back that you know they'd, they'd see him as a natural midfielder in the years to come still quite a young man 25-26 those man markers lads you know the ones that just always seem to get a better of you I don't want to hear about your Tom O'Sullivan's and your Mark O'Shea's or your you know, your Mick Fitzsimons in, in Dublin training. Because whenever you boys get asked who is the toughest marker, you always turn to your own teammates. Yes, I want to hear, yeah. talk to me. Come on, don't give me the stock answer. Talk to me about some of those markers that begrudgingly always got the better of you. But you know, the, the first thing about the markers, right? they are so valuable. Yeah. They're similar to having that scoring corner forward who's going to put the scores on the board. The fella marking the marquee forward on the other end is so crucial because it allows you to play a completely different way. If you don't have those markers, you have to get bodies back. Yeah. You have to get them, get everyone defending, blocking space because you don't trust your full back line to actually get out and, and get the fist in when the ball comes in. So like they're completely undervalued and underappreciated. And if I could build a team, I'd hope that one of my best one of my two best players was a cornerback that every day he goes out will quieten the opposition it's best such a, forward. Such a specialist position. Such a specialist position. And, and if, so important. If, if you trust your full back line, that yeah. allows you, can push allows right you up. to play, be far more Off aggressive. Lads, come yeah. up there. Yeah. We'll deal with this. Some of the great, like Anthony Lynch from Cork, one of them, 
unbelievable. Obviously, Mark O'Shea as well was huge for Kerry. Allows the team to play. We had Fitzy, we had Philly McMahon, Johnny Cooper at different stages as well. It just, it, the rest of the team just takes confidence from it. It's like, he'll deal mm. with him, no matter who it is. Because naturally, when you get to the later stage of the championship, all the top teams have two or three guys that need serious watching. And if you don't have the guys, if you don't trust them, then you've got to say, well, we'll sacrifice our half-forward line. They all come back. Yeah, It's just a totally different way of playing. It gives you yeah. some confidence. Yeah, oh, no, you're right. Jack, O'Connor, Jack O'Connor used to to have a tactic, right, where you weren't allowed to go back further than a line. So say a midfielder couldn't go back past the half-back line or the half-forward line couldn't go yeah. back past Drop the midfielders or go past the half-back line. That's back in the and 80s, it, huh? he, <laughs> that was in the in 2010 wow because he knew that his full back line was so good that they needed to put the heat on outside and just take the risk like you, you there's not many teams doing it now because the quality of full back line players you probably might have won at a time but Jack had probably three of them at, at the time to, to defend but we you can play to, such to, an attacking yeah. game if you have them we used to run trading games where you couldn't leave your line, like, mm. yeah, you, really, you, yeah. It was great for the form because, like, it's like you didn't have to go back into your own half. So, it was like, and what did that? What did that mean for quality? Forced, to get? It just forced bad to bad all over the pitch. Yeah. So, like, and we do twenty minutes, and I tell you, the intensity that is unreal. Uh, oh, I would love that. Yeah, oh, that we, I just think why did we, we did it? Maybe for playing you guys, Jimmy, or for playing Mayo. If we were play, we're going to be playing a team that was going bad to bad, we used to kind of filter training matches. And go, we're going to play 20 minutes, six forwards, you're not allowed to go back into your own half. Midfielders, you're not allowed to go up and back. You just have to stay between the 45s. And it was just man to man battles all over the pitch. And the ball Class. was just coming. I was just like, it Is was it just constant kicking? It's just a normal match. But you have so many options. Yeah. But like, you have you so many options on the ball. You have, to either, you have to either beat your man or you just kick pass. That was mm. it. And oh, you would oh, be oh, in bits. Because it was just flat to the mat, man on man. It was great. For forwards, it was great, yeah. We've just fixed football. That's football fixed. Forget about your blankets. There you go. If you're cornerback, you're not getting up there. If you're midfield, it, yeah. no more track. Defenders hated it because they had to defend. And then forwards loved it because just man of it. You couldn't go. You used to, to be back playing in the county if that was the case. No, I'd be totally because it needed to be fast. <laughs> it was man on man. But uh, I remember, yeah, it was. Uh, there were certain games where we'd do that, that type of training. That is like that is the best training you can do as well. Yeah. Like those type of games or thirteen aside games where it's so open that you have to that you you just make artificially make one on one situations like that. But it's, it's but it doesn't it didn't suit some players at all. Generally, lads mm. drop out to get on a handy ball and all. I'll go in here and drop around midfield and yeah. all that stuff. You're fucked. Anyone who follows the ball, forget it. You have to be two steps ahead. Yeah. You have to sprint you have to be, out. You have to be predicting. Yeah, you have to be predicting where the ball is going to go and then you have to yeah, put on the afterburners. But there was no, uh, there was no handy hand passes. Right? It was, nearly everything was going to be a kick pass. You, you're racing yeah. out to the ball and again, that doesn't suit everyone. But that is still how I judge a player up front. How many kick passes did you receive in the game? Because anyone going around, getting handy hand passes, cool. looping, it's... You're not, you're not a true forward if you're doing that. That's why I have such time for, for Ben O'Carroll. Because he that's yeah. he's a key role. He plays it for us, Carmen. He played it for Bridges at the weekend. I agree. I, I was fond of the old loop point myself, Jimmy. I'm not gonna lie. 
but uh, I know you were always you were always the first man out for the for the foot pass. Yeah, but, but I still but, I like the loop because it's just easier. <laughs> you, you get a score. Like well, that. obviously that's an that's still probably the handiest way to get a point. But I mean, a fella who can win the ball from kick pass out in front yeah. that has the intelligence to time the run, has the hands to catch it. Yeah, has maybe the push off the drop the step there's so much in it I think it's, it's an a under, very hard thing it's an underappreciated skill yeah you you're racing someone well, mm-hmm. there's a man up your hole and you've got to go like that was my role for a couple of years with Dublin it was just you have to be the link and you're, you're, mm-hmm. you're naturally you're probably not going to score as much because you're going out there to allow for a quick transition and then the guys inside are behind you and that's why you have a soft spot for, for O'Carroll because I see him doing it doing it so well Uh Andy Moore Andy Moore was brilliant at it yeah. but Andy Moore was very smart at it as well and the way Mayo played he didn't have to go out too f- he was allowed to stay inside he he wouldn't have got the ball 50 yards from goal he was always no. he was really smart running but it was lateral moves and he was getting kick passes inside the 21 like that year he, he was, was getting it on the way to goal but that's yeah. when he wins player of the year in 2017 he was exceptional but he got so many kick passes because yeah. he had a brilliant partnership with Killian O'Connor but they had screening down to a screening, team. But, but if you all the kick pass he's getting, he's getting the yeah. score positions. My, my thing with Dublin was I was going out the pitch to get it because it was a great space for him behind. Whereas Andy was just probably a little bit smarter and just the way Mayo played, played to his strengths as well. But if you, again, if you have someone like that inside, we're talking about ball winners, you know, people think it's supposed to be someone like Bomber Liston or something. You don't have to be like that. It's been mm. really smart. Ian Burke was like it with Galway. Really effective yeah. player at doing it as well. Um, yeah, you don't have to be outrageously quick. Like you need to be smart. Andy, Andy was yeah. It was his timing. Yeah. James, are you training for the O'Donoghue Cup? Is he what? Yeah, but we're still we're not finished yet. Oh, we're still in there. Oh. The great fuss that we won the weekend. weekend. No? Yeah, I didn't see the. I didn't see the car thing again, so it went so quiet there when you're you talking. Yeah, about ten it. minutes late in car affair. What's the fucking thing? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I saw the highlights. You so did, you, yeah. you were playing Fossa the two weeks after they lost the intermediate final to Milton Castlemaine. Did you shoot the lights out? No, point only. Oh, I like it. Yeah, I four, four whites. I put one from five. Twenty percent. Twenty percent. Yeah, man. And it, honestly, it was not a bad day either. It was like. Cam and dry. It's very, nice it's very honest from you, Jimmy. There, you could have had know, that yeah. up. Say, ah, it was gale force winds, hurricane. Um, because, no, no, because you're Hammers of Donahue 2014 Footballer of the Year, the lads just keep shooting. Keep shooting, James. Don't worry oh, about it. Or are they like, what is wrong with you? Pull the trigger. A bit of both. Okay. Cop on, but keep at it. <laughs> <laughs> we said we kick we kick sixteen. Well, we're in 16-11. So we, we definitely should have had one, 120, one, 121. Ooh, it would have been decent scoring, but who did we didn't. Who did when you weren't stepping up? We've like called Finbar Murphy. He got eight points. Ooh. Impressive. And so, yeah. The boys Sterling. came on. David and Paddy came on with about no. 20, 25, 20 minutes to go. 25 minutes to go. Jesus. And... Um, it's a massive competition, as you you don't you don't understand. You see, this is true GA. No. This is just passion. No lights, no Oops. no nonsense, no glory outside of your town. It's oh. just pure can passion. You, can you pay cash on the gate, or is it just card? Clubber. <laughs> <laughs> it's a subscription. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I must, I must, uh, I must make it down to your Donahue Cup final. So is it going to be before Christmas? Week before Christmas, isn't it? We so at semi-finals we've could come in on Sunday in Fisher Stadium, Crokes and Spa, Fisher Stadium on Saturday. Ah, 
to be fair to be fair I would love to still be playing football I think plenty of people would instead of be doing grueling pre-season gym bloody well it does programs. depend on your your club facilities because we have in fairness we did up our pitch savage lights unbelievable surface it's it's a joy going training whereas a couple of years ago we didn't have it it was dark mm. depressing no lights boggy field then you're like take me to March I don't want to be here like yeah well, so that, that that is a help I don't know who cup aside we've got the Ulster club final this weekend and the Munster club final we've got Dingle and Castlehaven at 2 o'clock on Sunday and we've got Glen against Scotstown at 4 o'clock on Sunday Ooh, Paddy I would just give you a word of advice when you're making your predictions this time maybe just play politics a little bit instead of just going no chance no no chance no okay Glen Scotstown Paddy Scotstown <laughs> really yeah of course how come I think they've better scoring power than Glen Glen are really Glen are there's a bit of chemical croaks in Glen isn't there that they're Really, they don't give you anything. They're experienced. Uh, but I, do, I, I just think Scottstown have enough to win this game. That's what Even though they weren't great themselves in their own semi-final, they obviously got out of jail against Trillick. But uh, I've liked the look of Scottstown. I've seen them a couple of times. Uh, I think the big players are going to stand up for them. I think they're going to do it. James, before I give you the final word in this game, I think Glenn are coming for Kelmico Crooks and uh, I think they're going to get the job done I really like the Scottsdale team I think there's quality anyone else. quality across I just think that's going to I think we're going to get that narrative after Christmas so uh, I wouldn't be, be disappointed it would be brilliant to see as well but. I wouldn't be disappointed if Scottsdale win there's some cracking footballers in that team and a Scottsdale Kelmico Crooks semi-final would be a cracker too James what way do you see that one going? I I don't know. <laughs> Pretend what I do mean, know though is it is going to be. I, I think nine all, and the winner will come in the sixty second minute. And I don't know who it's going to be, but I'm going to say Glenn. Okay, that is I guess. Okay, that's you fair. can't re- realistically no, have that much. Call, it's it's impossible to call that game. Mm. Both games are very hard to call. Dingle Castlehaven. I think Dingle would have. Toby, I know you hate Castlehaven. I'm going to have to give Castlehaven a good chance here now. What did Dingle do to you? They came through the might of Castle. What did Dingle do to you? They better at Gormack. Dingle are uh, representing Kerry just by virtue of winning the club championship. And being a great town as well. What do you have to win to qualify? Where would I rather go for a weekend? That's what I'm going to go with Dingle on this one. <laughs> That's how I'm yeah, the best way to go. call it. What's the, what's, what's the fish place down at Dingle? The fish box, is it? On the right in the corner. <laughs> the fish box. A, I think it's called that. Yeah, it's like a real... I think it is, actually. Yeah, yeah. And it's top of the pops. <laughs> it is the fish box. Yeah, you're right. I, I, you that will also be... What are you laughing at? That will also be a low-scoring game. Just, yeah. I reckon I reckon 13-12 2 I, f- I fancy Dingle I think Dingle win it Okay Very close There'd though There'd be a bit of crack at Dingle if they won that would there There would mm. Will Mark O'Connor be home? No That's the key It's not well, I don't think that's that could swing key. That, that would be It would be a huge bonus for Dingle but I don't think it's the key Yeah, yeah. Okay. If that Yeah 
Fair enough. That's a very long shot key. Like, get a fella out of his professional contract for a weekend. <laughs> it's a hard sell. <laughs> Fly all halfway across the world. Yeah, that's fair. Big ask. That's fair. So okay. what? So Tommy, you you're taking you take Glenn and Castle Haven. I don't know. I'd, I'd give I'd give both Dingle and Castle Haven a, a right shot at that. I don't think there's much between either team. Minute, really. like, <laughs> I'd give the both a chance. <laughs> <laughs> it's like fucking 50 50. Could also, could also be a draw. <laughs> oh, well. Don't rule out a draw. Winner on the day. Winner on the day. Winner on the day. Right. Scottsdale um, Dingle for me. Gaelic Grounds as well. The Dingle game is on. <sighs> I like that pitch. Yeah, lovely pitch. Yeah. Glenn Dingle for me. Hang on, Glendingle. Okay. But out of all four places, we're in agreement. We'd rather go to Dingle for the weekend. Yeah. No disrespect to your three, but mm. fish box. Well, it's for me. Scott's, uh, Dingle and Castlehaven are both coastal towns, so you know. So I do enjoy the coast. Yeah. One or one or the other, lads. Uh, it's been a pleasure. We got through enough there I think on this week's episode of the Football Pod we'll be back next Monday the pod is brought to you with thanks to AIB proud sponsor of the Senior Club Hurling and Camogie Championships check out hashtag James good luck with the training all this week thanks Tom Paddy I hope the rest of your week is quiet it's not oh. yeah busy man all action is the showbiz <laughs> showbiz showbiz baby yeah. be good fellas been a pleasure talk soon see you boys